3. John chapter number 3, verse number 16 to 18. I'm sure we all know this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Hallelujah. What an incredible love that God had for everybody. He did not discriminate. He did not um, make it abstract or make it inaccessible to all of us, but he made it so freely accessible to everybody that we can all become partakers of that great sacrifice that he made on our behalf. Hallelujah. Today, the message I want to preach as we enter into the month of love overflow is to ask you a question. And the question is, is your tank overflowing with love? Is your tank overflowing with love? Ask your neighbor the question, is your tank overflowing with love? The love of God? Uh, what did they say? Uh, you see, when we talk about love, a lot of people have a lot of um, different uh, ideas and different... Um, perspectives and different, you know, you remember some things, you know, in, in, uh, in uh, around this time, February, some people are very excited and some people are also very sad. They are, they are, they are, they are excited because love is such an exciting experience because love Love has a representation of God. Are you with me? Bible says that beloved God is love, and everyone who loves knows God. Are you with me? God, the way God is, He's an embodiment of extravagant love. God loves carelessly, God loves without dissimulation, God loves without reservation. He gives freely to everybody. He makes the, the, the rain and the sun to fall on the just and unjust alike. He is so ostentatious with his love. Uh, so, he is very, very ebullient when it comes to, to love. He has, he has such... Um, Dexterity in uh, uh, okay, okay, all right. 
<laughs> so he is he is so big when it comes to pouring out love. For God so had such immeasurable love that he poured it out into the world. And he made it so freely and so um, accessible that whosoever. He didn't say that if you qualify, then you can have the love. He didn't say that if you are not sinful, then you can partake in the love. He never said that if you are uh, righteous, if you look like me, if you are my son or my daughter, then you can partake in my love. No, he said that whosoever. Whosoever. In John chapter 1, he said he came to his own. But his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Now, I don't know whether you, you can under, appreciate it. It's like as many as received him, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. I want you to let it sink in a little bit. You know, anybody who receives me, I'll become their father. You must have a big heart to make that statement. <laughs> Minister Joel says, and plenty money. Because, because if you are going to father many people, then you must have the ability to provide for all of them irrespective of where they came from, irrespective of what they've done, irrespective of who they are. I mean, somebody just comes and says, from today, I want you to be my father. And then you just have to accept them and treat them as you treat your own biological children. That is how big God's heart is. That is how overflowing his love is. But when we talk about our type of love, our type of love is measured. Our type of love is conditional. Our type of love is spearheaded. It is directed to a particular place at a particular time for a particular reason. Your love is not is not. Uh, of, uh, 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 on an extended, no, it doesn't extend. It has a period of time frame that has been given to it. Am mm. I making sense? So you love today, but it doesn't mean that tomorrow you love. The, the love is conditional. When the person doesn't meet these conditions, the love changes. But he never ceases to be our father. It doesn't matter how, how far we go. You know, Jesus gave that story. And that story of the prodigal son was actually telling us the type of father our God is. Even when we go far, he's looking out, waiting, anticipating, expecting, hoping that we'll come back. And when we are coming back, he runs from where he is to come and meet us. And he throws a robe, a cloth of honor upon us. Hallelujah. And begins to put a ring 
glory on us so that we don't look like what we've been through. We don't look like who we were a few days ago. A few t- a moment ago, the way we used to look like, we don't look like that anymore. Why? Because his love is extravagant. It's overflowing. Hallelujah. And it's the same type of love he has put in us. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says, give me Ephesians chapter 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, what manner of love is this? That in, even in our deepest sin, deepest, you know, transgression, deepest mess, everything's, you know, you are, you are in a mess and things don't look right. In fact, when you look like, you look at you, you wouldn't want to become your friend. If you were to choose, you wouldn't choose you. How many know what I'm talking about? Even in that mess, Bible says that he commended his love towards us. And he sent his only begotten son to die for us. Hallelujah. What love has the Father shown upon us? That he made us become friends, sons and daughters. Hallelujah. We became sons and daughters. I don't want you to get it twisted. What the love that I'm talking about is not necessarily the type of love you are thinking about. You know, when we say love, a lot of people, if I were to ask that simple question and go around and ask that question, everybody's definition of love will be as a result of the, the rose-tinted glasses they are looking through. Some people's love means giving. That is why marriage is very difficult. Because some people express love through touching. And some don't like being touched. So if you are unfortunate and you marry somebody, if you're a touchy-feely person, and you marry somebody who doesn't like to be touched, You are in trouble to start with. Are you with me? Because your expression of love does not meet their expectation of love. If, the, if you unfortunately marry somebody whose expectation of love is to give to them. If you say you love me, give me. And you too, if you want to show your love, you want to touch. We are in two different destinations. <laughs> Pastor Gloria, you are about to go to the back. I will have a meeting with you after church. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? 
But I, I, I want us all to have the same definition of the love we're talking about. So that from here on in, when we talk about your tongue being overflowing with love, you know what type of love we are talking about. Because I don't want you going touching people. Because oh, even, even Reverend said that when you love, you must express, let our love tank overflow in the house of God. So overflowing and you are touching people. No, that is not what I said. Uh, I, I know you. I know you. So I have to give you a very good definition. So that we can all flow with that definition. That's the one we want to overflow so that we know what we are overflowing in. Not the other one. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Pastor, but there is uh, Eros, love, there's Philo, love, forget about all those things. That's not what we are talking about. We are talking about love. Give me my scripture in Corinthians. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13. The love we are talking about is suffering long. Love suffers what? Long. Hallelujah. How many will agree with me that God is long-suffering when it comes to you in particular? Now, the definition of long-suffering, I know a lot of us didn't do uh, English language. As a subject. No there's, no, there's no shame in that. So you don't understand what it means to be long-suffering. Who can I choose? Today I, I feel like choosing you. Is that okay? Come, 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 come. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Okay, so I hope you don't have a cone. A cone. No, come, come, up, come to this. Reverend, do I have uh, permission? So, oh, but I don't fear him. So, so I am stepping on her foot. Okay. So, the ability to, for her to be long-suffering is being able to endure the pain I am inflicting on her right now, right now without complaining, without reacting for a long time, keeping a smile on her face, when I am pressing in with all my weight on her foot and it's causing a lot of excruciating pain, but she is not reactionary, she is still smiling and she is still enduring. So love endures all things. Love suffers all things. Love does not take account of wrong or evil done to it. Love does not really bear grudges. I am causing what needs to be something that she has to set, set a trap for me one day to revenge. But she decides that love suffers long. Thank you very much. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
So if you want to love like God, then you must learn how to suffer long without complaining. Without becoming bitter. Without revenge. Without planning you know, you, you, yeah, some of you, you have documented every <laughs> evil that was done to you from 1992 to today. Six years ago, you did this to me. Five years ago, you did this to me. Last, last January, you did this to me. And even uh, uh, last week, you also did this to me. Hey. Hallelujah. Love suffers long, and love is kind. Love is kind. Jesus, how lovely you are. You are so gentle, so pure and so kind. You shine like the morning. Did you say that he's kind? Kindness is doing a favor to somebody who is not deserving. They don't deserve your favor that you are given, but you give it anyway. That is the love that God has for us. He's kind to us. Hallelujah. He does not envy. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love, uh, go on quickly, next verse, verse 5. Love does not behave rudely. You are always very, very brash. Yes, yes, you are rude. Your tank is not overflowing with love. See, people have to walk around you as if they are walking on broken glass. They don't want to step on your toe because the stepping of your toe will unleash the devil inside of you and uh, we wouldn't want to see that side of you especially in the house of God so we have to tiptoe around you uh, listen listen this is a hospital we have all come with different diseases. We have come with all sorts of different emotional ailments, different emotional maladies that we have come with. Hallelujah. And so, and so we have to learn how to endure. We have to learn how to be kind to one another. We have to learn how to not mark everybody's mistake. We have to learn how to ignore people's weaknesses. Everybody has a right hand. 
that signifies strength. That signifies the good things and the nice things they do. But everybody also has a left hand. That signifies our weaknesses. That signifies our shortcomings. That signifies our mistakes that we make. But we have to learn how to bear with one another. So that I accept you with your strength and I accept you with your weaknesses as well. Hallelujah. So that your weakness does not overwhelm me. It's amazing. It's amazing that in church, the pastor can accept everybody's strength and weaknesses. But we dare not accept his weakness. It is when pastor does one little, one small little thing to you. The immediate reaction is you talk anyhow and then you walk out. Meanwhile, for the last six years, you have offended the pastor all these years, but he has stomached it. That one mistake he made, you can't forgive. What is in your love tank? Is it overflowing? Are you like God? Or you only receive, you don't give. You know, the scripture we read never said that love takes. It says, love for God so loved the world that he gave. So love gives. You see, what makes marriage work? We'll be talking about a lot of this from next week. What makes marriage work is when you go into marriage with a mindset to give. Never ever go into any marriage with a mindset to receive. Are you with me? I am coming to make you a better person. I am coming to make, bring the best out of you. I am coming to give. All my duty is to make sure that I give all to you. And vice versa. You come in with the mindset that you are coming to give. You are coming to make me better. You are coming to enhance everything and anything I'm doing. Then it becomes reciprocal. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If I'm giving, you are giving, then there is no problem. The worst person you can be married to is a selfish person. A selfish person has only one agenda. And the agenda is self. Self-enhancement. Self-aggrandizement. Self-serving. Self-seeking. Selfish. Self. 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 The only self. The only self in the Bible is Satan. When you see Isaiah 14, it says that I will, I will arise, I will be like, I will, I will, I will, about seven I wills there. I, 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 anytime you hear I, I, Satan has arisen. When I'm doing marriage counseling and I hear one, one partner, I, 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 I Satan. 
I see that. <laughs> you have come. I, 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 I. You never see anything wrong you do. It is always what they have done. But if they will also show you your mistakes, you will see that yours is much worse. It's just that they've decided not to let yours show. Because everybody has a left hand. Everybody has a right hand. Why are you focusing on my left? When you also have a left. Have you dealt with your left hand? Bearing one another, not impatient with each other. Hallelujah. My prayer for us is that not just for this month, not just for this quarter, not just for this uh, year, but we will learn how to live in love one to another. Hallelujah. Because when we love, then we show the world that we have God. Uh, give me my scripture. In First John chapter 4, verse 7, says that, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Hallelujah. We started by having a good definition that we all agree with. Are you with me? So if we exhibit that type of love one to another, it means we know God and God lives in, around us and in us. When you go to any church, don't be taken in by the amount of shouting in tongues they do. Don't be taken in by the miracles and things you see around. No, that doesn't show that God is there. What will show that God is in that place is the amount of love they show. Hallelujah. You know, when my sister was giving a testimony, the testimony focused on one thing, that she feels loved. She feels a sense of belonging. She feels that she has a family. Are you with me? Does that mean that because it's a family, they will not offend her now and again? No, no, it doesn't mean that. But now she knows that she is part of a family. The Bible says that he takes the lonely and puts them in a family. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Next verse. Give me the next verse. He who does not love does not know God. If you cannot be patient with me, if you cannot be kind to me, if you cannot be long-suffering, if you cannot, if you have to mark every mistake I have made, then you don't know God. I am not saying it. The Bible is saying it. Hallelujah. It's amazing. By the modern-day charismatic Christians, we cannot exhibit love. The love we have is only for a few people. Once the person is close to you and is your friend, then you show those type of things. But when you come to a setting like this, you can't extend that love to everybody. No. 
It has a spearhead, pinpoint, laser beam accuracy. Your love is directed to one particular area, to one particular place, and that's it. Hallelujah. Number nine, verse nine. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Can you imagine that this, this particular verse is turned on his head where the son is you. In this is the love of God manifested to everybody that God has sent you to this church so that through you, many will be saved. Through you, many will, will live instead of committing suicide. Through you, many will have extravagant life, abandoned life. What was stolen from them will be returned back to them because of you. It's your love tank overflowing. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to the world to be a propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought. The word is what? Ought. Ought means what? It's a must. His necessity has been laid upon you that you also need to learn to love one another. Hallelujah. Your love must extend beyond your husband. Your love must extend to Minister Michael. You see, your love must extend to... to uh, uh, no, that is like you hold the hands and that's it. You are locked. The rest can go to hell. <laughs> oh, don't, I'm not settling scores for you. Sit down, Minister Ennis. Sit down. If you want to settle scores, settle it somewhere else. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Are you learning something? But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, we, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. Can people be saved by your love? Hmm? Can people be saved by your love? Can your love... You see, love is very attractive. People need love. The reason why, why love stories sell, love music sell, love, uh, what do you call it, books, novels sell, anything that has love, even the person who has divorced seven times, they want to go to a wedding and celebrate love because the love is very, very endearing. Love is very, very, it has something 
that all of us need. It's like a, 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 the water to a thirsty person. Is that part that you need to make you complete? And you see, that part is not for you to receive. That part has been put for you to give. I don't know whether you understood what I said. That part has been, has been, has been, it's like an emptiness. But the more you pour out, the more it fills up. But as you are pouring and you are pouring and you are pouring and you are pouring, it becomes complete. Like the husband and wife, if you go into the marriage with the sole aim that I am pouring out love, and you two are pouring out love, the house is complete. But if we go to the, the, the home and all you want to do is receive, but no one to give, then there's a problem. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me so far? People, people want to spoil my message, but I don't mind anybody. I'll just focus. Can you be the reason why many more people are attracted to this house? Because your love is always like a fountain. And, and, and the thing with love is that the more you give, the more you have. The more you withhold, the less you have. You see, the world's uh, definition of love is limited and uh, uh, survival and um, uh, I have to maintain what I have because there's no more coming in from anywhere. It can't finish. But there's nothing like that. In God, Love is a fountain. And the fountain can only be a fountain when you let it out. Are you with me? It is covered when you don't let it. And it will never ever spring forth like a fountain. It's only when you pour out that it turns into a river. It turns into a, 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 a wellspring that it becomes an unending flow. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So the tank of love that everyone has, if we let it flow, then it becomes a fountain that will always bring out and bring out and never ever cease. Hallelujah. And that is what the world is looking for. Everybody is looking for love. Not necessarily miracles. Everybody is thirsty for love. They want a place of a sense of belonging. A place where somebody can put their arms around you without any ulterior motives. Just want to give you a hug. Bessie, come. Uh, has anybody hugged you this week? Okay. So, so you see, if assuming she hasn't had any hug, 
and she feels unwanted she feels unloved she feels you know uh, some type of way all her family are far away you know and then she comes to church and somebody puts their arm around them and gives them an assuring word that I'm thinking about you I'm rooting for you everything will be all right how many know that she want to come to church again and come again and come again because that is more cementing than anything when somebody can put their arm around you not because they want anything from you but to say I care all right gas <laughs> oh put your hands together for gas Hallelujah. Can you understand what I'm saying? Learn to let your love flow. Learn to, you know, go to Acts chapter 2 for me. Is my time up? Okay. Give me a few, give me five more minutes and I'll be closing. Acts chapter 2 from verse 46. So, Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. Are you with me? I I, I think the verse I was looking for was in 45. Yeah, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. You know, so the verse 47 is hiding a reason that can be found in verse 45. As the Lord was adding the, the number to the church. Why was the Lord adding the number? Because... When you go and join that family, all your troubles will be covered. Somebody will express their love for you. Somebody will come into your issue. You have problems. Somebody will say, identify with the problems you have. Here is what I can do to help. This is sometimes all you need. You don't need the person to solve your problem. But to tell you that I am with you is enough. To say that I am going to help. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do my best. Okay, I can't give you everything, you, but this is what I can give towards your problem so that no one had need because people sold their possessions, they sold their lands to make sure that my sister must be covered. Nobody's going to be homeless here. Nobody's going to, you know, you, you'll be without cover. Somebody here will cover you definitely. Nobody will go hungry here. Hallelujah. Because we are one and each other's keeper. Hallelujah. Let me ask you seven questions and we close. Seven questions, very quickly. Number one. Seven questions. Seven signs that your love is overflowing. Seven signs, very, very quickly. Do you ensure there is no lack amongst us? Do you ensure that there is no lack amongst us? 
Number two, do you ensure there is no discord? The Bible said they, they, they had unity. The scripture we just read, they, they continued with one accord. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, let nothing be done through selfishness, selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness and in, of mind, let, each esteem, let us esteem each other better than himself. And let each of you look, in, look out not only for their own interests, but also for the interests of others. Hallelujah. Do we break bread from house to house without any agenda? These days when people gather in the house, you are afraid because you know they are going to gossip. When people start congregating in one person's house, then there's a problem because they'll be discussing pastor. Number four. Is your love tank overflowing with intercessory prayer? Are you praying for others? In 1 Thessalonians 3, from 11, may our Lord, the Father himself, the Lord of Jesus, clear the way for us to come to you. And then it goes on and on. Amen. Because they were praying, the apostles were praying for the, the people in the church. Number five. Your, is your love tank overflowing with love to the unlovable? Can you love people who are not lovable? People who don't look like you. People who are who have a certain stink on them. Who don't look loving. Can you love them? Is your love tank overflowing when you have the ability to lay down your life for your friends? John 15, 12 to 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 30 says, A greater love has no man than this, that a man can lay down his life for his friends. Hallelujah. When you are able to lay down your stomach to intercede for somebody, when you are able to lay down I don't know why you're laughing. When, when you're able to spend time, somebody's going to court, and you take it upon yourself to go with them, spend time to be a support to them. Do you have the ability to give your money to support somebody or give yourself? Greater love has no man than this, than a man to lay down his life for his friends. Number seven, is your love or tank overflowing when you, are, can be present, you can present yourself blameless before the Lord? Hallelujah. When you can stand before God without blame because you have done your best for the house of God. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads with me.
just bow your heads wherever you are, you are sitting. And I want you to focus on God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. I pray, oh God, let your love permeate through them. Let your love shine through them. Let your love go, oh God, over to them. Let them have an encounter of love with you. In the name of Jesus.